Beautiful listeners, you know we love you, and we appreciate all the support you've given us to this point. If you would like to further support us in our art, in our effort to allow these wonderful conversations to continue to take place, head over to patreon.com slash inside the sound. Well, hey there, beautiful listeners. Welcome back inside the sound. This is Michael. And this is Ryan. And uh, we are very excited to have a a special guest joining us today. Would you uh, care to introduce yourself to our beautiful listeners? Hey, folks. Yeah, I'm I'm Jake Eddy. I tour uh, solo uh, with my own group. and I tour out of Nashville with the Becky Buller Band. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. I've been looking forward to this. That's a little better there. Yeah. That's more like <laughs> it. You can hear it there. Right. How was that? Was like, that? How was the crowd noise? It's pretty good, right? I'm getting better. At it's that. good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. I actually here at that time. Yeah. Originally, Ryan was the crowd noise guy and uh, we had to fire him from that. And then, uh, you know, we decided to bring right. back the crowd noise and, uh, you know, had a professional, you know, take care of that so that's that's where i come in yeah so. that's a good uh fake story that you came up with on the spot there it, you like it didn't make you look it didn't make you look any better so it was a fail on your end um jake you talked about that you're going on tour here uh yeah how how uh, extensive is that how how do you enjoy uh, touring and playing live uh usually that's the, the highlight for most musicians there so yeah it depends how what you're considering being on i mean i guess by by definition i'm on tour all the time we're doing um on the road you know every i don't want to say every day but days days a week you know and um but you know what we're about to do is more of an all consecutive we're, we're going out for 15 days um and it's a show every day but three i think this you know the summer just travel days or dead days um and we'll see where are we going <laughs> we're uh, we're leaving from nashville of course and then we're doing new orleans and then we're doing, i think five or six texas and we're coming back this way through west virginia and we're doing north carolina a few days and you know it's all on the my Instagram and I can plug some of those in. I have them written down here somewhere. I have to find them, but um, so yeah, we're leaving. You know, it's it's me and, and my brother Carter playing bass. Uh, Graham Brewer is the mandolin player, and then John Duncan from Asheville is uh, fiddling with us. So um, excited, man! You know, it's it's one thing to make a living playing music and being on the road, but it's like making music with those guys is is super easy, and it, it makes else smooth you know the music's good everything else it, it works itself out and, and they make it super easy so i would uh, imagine that you and your brother had been playing you know for quite some time but how did how did the other guys get involved and you said so it was yeah easy. i mean what, the, what makes it the so other easy, guys are yeah no the other guys are kind of a new addition um so my main gig is with becky buller uh, she's a bluegrass artist from uh, Manchester, Tennessee, and she's, I'll brag her for a minute. She's got 10 IBMA awards, which is like the International Bluegrass Music Awards. Um, she's like the first female fiddle player of the year, first person to ever do the female vocalist and fiddle player of the year. She's written songs that were on Grammy winning projects, like four or five, I think. So she's like, you know, she's, she's the big, she's the big got gig some credentials. Yeah. Sure enough. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, so that's my main gig and that's a full band gig. But in the past when I've done this, the solo touring, it's normally just me or just me and Carter, my brother. When we were on a run earlier this year, we met Graham, the mandolin player. Um, uh, 
trying to think exactly how it worked out. One of the show promoters, I think, recommended, like, you should have this guy sit in on a couple or something. And we met him, and he was insane. And he's one of those kind of like, like off the grid guys. Like he doesn't, he's just now, we just got him to make Instagram. He's not on Facebook. He's not, doesn't have a website. He's just like a guy floating in North Carolina, you know? <laughs> so we scooped him up. He's like, yeah, I got nothing going on. And we're like, yeah, like no kidding. Like, you know what I mean? Like we don't, <laughs> so that's like the running joke. You know, he's like the diamond. In we, the picked rough. Him, we picked him up on the side of the road and we, I mean, literally did. And he's been with us ever since, um, you know, so he's been with us maybe for three months, four months. And then John Duncan, the fiddler, we also met on tour through a mutual friend at a jam. And uh, this will be his first run with us. So we're just, we've just asked him to come out. And uh, so he'll do this full tour with us and then we'll see what happens. But he's a, he's a hoss too. So it, uh, it's looking good for John. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, when you find people to make music with and, and it's working, it, it's one of those special things. Uh, that I think that's what everyone's striving for. So, you know, that's awesome for you that you've found a group of people that are really doing what you want to do. Well, and, and we get, you know, we got lucky because a lot of the good players that are out there um, are, are have gigs already, you know? Um, so to find guys that are, you know, I know a hundred good mandolin players, but finding one that's available to tour is tricky, especially being Nashville-ish, you know, scene. So yeah, we were super lucky to get Graham and, and, and John as well. They're both, both killer and make my job a lot easier. So uh, taking a couple steps back, um, what made you want to pick up the guitar? Um, yeah. So, I mean, man, I'm born into a musical family, um, from, from Appalachia. So from, from West Virginia, um, mid Ohio Valley, you know, on the border of, uh, West Virginia and Ohio. And, uh, my grandpa played kind of semi-professionally and my mom played a lot when I was a kid and I got, you know, tons of cousins and aunts and uncles that play fiddle and mandolin and banjo and, you know, sing and, and write songs and do all that sort of thing. So playing music was natural in that way. You know, I don't remember making like a conscious choice to start playing an instrument. It's just kind of, you know, a passive thing, like the way that you play catch with your dad, I would play banjo, you know, <laughs> like just, just came one with of the territory. Yeah. And it wasn't, didn't ever seem unusual or even special to me until I, you know, started getting older and I was like, Oh, okay. This is not normal. You know? Um, so I don't know, as far as what made me want to play guitar, I think, you know, you hear a lot of musicians who have that like aha moment, especially in bluegrass. They'll say like, Oh, I heard, so-and-so on the Grand Ole Opry. And that's when I knew I wanted to play the banjo or I wanted to play the guitar. For me, it's like, I'm so removed from the first time ever hearing the music or playing the music. Like, I don't really even, I don't know. I don't remember one moment that really like blew my mind. Just kind of, just one of those things. It makes was, sense though. Yeah. Was there a moment when you knew that you were going to play music for your like career? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know. sure. I think, I mean, when you're a kid, everybody has that kind of, uh, you know, that hopeful thing, like, I'm going to be a police officer, I'm going to be a firefighter or whatever, you know, like they have that, that kind of dream job, you know, whatever that they kind of towed around. And I don't know if I ever thought, I, I don't know that I understood exactly what playing professionally looked like then, you know, like, I was playing locally and like with a, you know, our family had a band and stuff like that, playing churches and fairs and festivals and stuff like that. But so I played banjo first when I was a kid, or maybe not necessarily first, but a little bit more primarily. When my grandpa was alive and I was younger, he would always play guitar and I would play banjo. Um, so banjo was kind of the thing when I was younger. And I got a call, my first ever like professional gig, you know, like on the road. Um, I was 14, I think. Um, and I got a call from this guy, Melvin Goins, who is passed away now about three or four years ago, but he was like, a one of those old time bluegrass, like legends, you know, like he was like 80 something when I got hired. Right. Um, you know? So, um, so he called me and was like, you know, boy, you want to come on the road with me? You know, this like real old guy. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm in, I'm in junior high, you know, I got no answer for you. So I, <laughs> I talked to my parents 
And uh, somehow, which is still, we laugh about this. I don't know how they let me or why, but they said, you can do it. You can, you know, figure out your schooling. Like if, you know, if you have to miss, you have to miss, like, just we'll see what happens with that. And you have to take someone with you, like you're a kid. You have to take your dad or your grandpa or somebody with you. Keep an eye on you. Going out with these grown men and like, you know, how musicians can be. And, you know, so they, they want to keep me safe primarily. So, um, so my grandpa, who was the one who showed me how to play, he agreed to go. And he's like, I'll go, you know, I'm, I'm retired or at least close to that age. And he's like, I'll drive him around to all the shows and keep an eye on him and, and help him make it happen. So we get to the very first show and there's all this drama. Everybody in the band's upset. Melvin's mad their bass player had quit the day before the first show of the tour. Oh, oh man. And Melvin's like, boy, do you know a bass player? And I said, uh, yeah, my grandpa can play. <laughs> oh, man. And so he said, okay. And he had my Melvin had a bass with him in the bus and uh, my grandpa got it out and kind of tuned up and played a couple tunes with us. And he got offered the job too. And we toured together for like almost two years straight. Whoa, that's cool, it was, man. Yeah, dude, it was. It was like, um, you know, I'm trying to think. I think I was 14 or maybe about to turn 15 when it happened. So, yeah, I think that's about right. So, yeah, we both joined the band and we stayed in it for like, I think, a year and a half or close to two years before. And in Melbourne, when he died, that was basically the end of it. But what an opportunity, like early in your career, you're still you're still a teen. And you're able to, well, yeah. And, and not, cool. you know, not just like playing little rooms. Like we played big festivals, like five and 10,000 people, bluegrass festivals, stuff like that. So it was like, yeah, I thought I, you know, I, I might as well been a billionaire when I came home. Like, you know what I mean? It didn't like, <laughs> exactly. and we made, you know, we made like a few hundred dollars a day or whatever, but you know, you go two weeks of touring and give some kid two or 300 bucks a day. He comes home. That's like, it was like having, I mean, no shit, like having a million dollars to me. It was like, it's insane. So it was like, you know, cool because I got to do it and go with my grandpa, but also cool because I felt like, like I was working and making money doing it for real, you know, and uh, it was cool. Um, and then I'm trying to think after that, you know, I kind of just did my own thing. I went to a little bit of music school, didn't really kept getting in trouble for missing school for gigging doesn't make sense right you, you miss yeah, music really. school for gigging you get reprimanded <laughs> <laughs> and then i mean yeah that's i know i'm, I'm getting long-winded but that's the origin of it you that's, know i mean with, that was my first it's, we want it to be we want the long story yeah first um you know like professional gig i thought that was hot shit man it really is ironic though uh bringing up the music school thing like I, I thought the whole reason i go to music school is to be able to go out and play live better to be able to you know advance my career but when i do that i'm reprimanded it's kind of a that is kind of an ironic thing there. yeah well it isn't like you know we it was always this running joke in music school when i was there i would tell all my friends i was going to quit i'm like i'm quitting next semester and they're like yeah right you know ha ha and then I eventually did. And they were like, where'd you go? And I was like, oh, I quit. I told you I was going to quit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, I'm working. Yeah. I'm gigging. <laughs> well, then I was like gigging, you know, like just not with my own band or anything, just like call stuff. Like, okay, guy needs a banjo player in New York this weekend. I'll go. Or like need a mandolin player, you know, doing kind of like utility work, just like playing whatever, wherever for whoever. The, the money's right. Just go and do it. Yeah, exactly. And I like that. And doing some studio work, but uh, well, if you don't, if you don't mind, I'll keep going because the next part's even better. Uh, oh yeah, go for it. So, so what it was, man? My let me think about this timeline. Make sure I'm not lying. So, 2020 is the COVID year, right? That's like the birth of COVID. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Early 2020. Yeah, that's the when the lockdowns occurred. I believe it technically started in 2019, which is hence COVID 19. But I, the, I, I right. Just, so I, I was sorry. I put on my music. nerd glasses for that one. I apologize. Yeah. Well, okay. here in no. the United States, <laughs> so still... you know, the lockdowns, I think he's right, talking yeah. about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, right. That's correct. So when I had done a little bit of, I was in part time, like my college hours were part time in music school and it was all online because of COVID. And in between semesters, so like over the winter. So it's about to be winter now. Okay. So about, about a year ago. 
my family went on this uh, vacation. Every year we skip Christmas and go out of town. Like we just say, screw it and bounce. <laughs> and we were in Colorado last year, like the day after Christmas, hanging out. And my grandpa died last summer. So the holidays are kind of like a bummer, especially with the music. It's like all tied to him so deeply, you know, so it's like just in a bad mood, general bad mood about, you know, life and like COVID sucks. I have no gigs. I have no money. I'm doing school. I hate it. My grandpa died. Like, you know, so we're on this vacation and I went to this music store down the street from the Airbnb we were staying in, like a guitar store. I was kind of looking around and I bought a, uh, some kind of part or uh, I don't know. I bought something for one of my guitars. Um, I saw, well, let me back up a second. I saw online that day that the, that Becky's guitar player had quit this Nashville gig. And I was like, hmm, maybe this will be my ticket into something like a little bit better. Maybe I could quit school, get a road gig again, give this like one hard push, see what happens. And so I sent her an email and I was like, okay, I want to audition. Here's some of my stuff. And she called me back and she's like, okay, you should come down and audition when you get back from Colorado, come to Nashville, and try out. So I'm like, okay, I just went on with my day. And I went down to this music store and she was on the front page of a big banner in a magazine down there, just like coincidentally. I was like, right. hmm. So that's a good sign. Roman, yeah. So I went back to this Airbnb and my parents were there. I said, I'm dropping out of school and I'm going to do this road gig in Nashville. <laughs> They're like, okay. I hadn't auditioned. Huh? I hadn't done anything. Yeah. No, I hadn't auditioned. I hadn't really even talked to her more than like 30 seconds. But I just went back. I'm like, I'm going to quit school. And I'm going to do this gig. And they're like, okay, you know, whatever. Good luck. And uh, so I, and I had been selling produce to make money during COVID. I started a pumpkin patch and bought this old truck. And we were like door to door selling produce through the fall season and stuff. Really? Yeah. And so we got back to town, me and her set an audition date. I sold the truck, used that money to go to Nashville for the audition and then got the gig. That's it. Bada bing. <laughs> Finished. Wow. Had a lot of faith. It was going to. Yeah. Like you sold the, the truck there, man. You know? Sold the truck. Yeah. That's it. That was like, and, and not for very much. A thousand dollars, I think. You know, like nothing. Hey. Like I used some of the money to get down there with gas and food. And I spent the rest to pay a few of the musicians who were going to record on that record I put out. And then, and then like three months go by of me being completely broke, not hearing a word. And then she called me. She's like, you got it. <laughs> wow. Cool. It um, sounds like you had a pretty strong intuition that that was going to be the thing. Yeah, I think, man, or either that or I'm an idiot, you know. Um, <laughs> well, um, a- I don't I don't know if I thought it was going to happen, but I wanted it to happen, you know. Hmm. Or at least maybe expected it to happen. Yeah, maybe. I don't. It, looking back, I don't know what I was thinking, but I'm glad I did. You know? Like, and I don't even tell that story to brag and be like, look how cool I am. It's just like, I just feel lucky. And it's like, you know it was crazy and it happened really quick. Like from selling pumpkins off a stupid truck to playing the grand Ole Opry in, in less than a year, you know? <laughs> well, you know, there has to be that element of, I'm just going to go for it at some point, you know, and you did. And yeah, the, these are the types of stories we like to hear is when a go- person goes for it and it works out, you know? Yeah. And I think I had a little bit of that fear to like, I had a touring gig when I was young and I was like on top of the world and I thought it was so cool. And then when it was done, I was like, you know, maybe that was it. You know, maybe that was like my cool thing I got to do and I'll just play, you know, whatever. I'll just be like a nobody guy playing for country singers in every, you know, like backwoods town in America. Um, Someone's got to do it. Which nothing wrong with that either, but I just wanted something different, you know, and I thought, oh crap, maybe this is a chance to do it for real, for real. And let's let's go for it and see what happens. And I think everybody's glad I did. Like my brother now, he's got a full time gig doing my stuff. So he's like, thanks, you know, dummy, good, glad you went, you know. So, (laughs) need that truck Um, anyway. Yeah, I miss that truck. Maybe it, maybe you'll, it'll probably, you'll see it for sale on a corner somewhere, you know, pretty you know no joke. My family sees it in traffic. They say around town where oh, I'm yeah. from. Yeah. That's a that track. 
Yeah. It's a good truck. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, true story. I asked him to buy it back about three months ago. Like I I texted him. I was like, Hey, do you still have that truck? I sold you just, I had him on Facebook messenger where I like sold it on marketplace. Mm Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, I still have it. He's like, but like a week after you sold it to me, it blew up. He's like, it had a bunch of problems. I had to put a ton of money into it. And I was like, man, I was like, well, I got out at the right time. You know, I didn't Seriously. know that. Man, that story just keeps getting more for it. Really it really does. With the, yeah. At every turn there. <laughs> I know. Man. You know, Jake, if you don't mind, uh, just just from watching you play, you know, uh, on your Instagram, we might be able to nerd out a little bit for the guitar players, but sure. I see your, your right hand technique technique is so absolutely fluid. Thank you. Um, does that, is that just part of, is that a necessity for the, the, the style or was that something, were you conscious of that? Like specifically? Um, no, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I don't know. That's a tricky question to answer. I think it is necessary to have, I mean, being able to flat pick with any kind of, um, you know, at, at any high level, you have to have some sort of right hand technique that's going to work for you. Um, I think the way I ended up with the technique that worked for me was just trying to do things in a way that didn't hurt and didn't use up a lot of energy, you know, like doing things just in a way that was like economical, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, uh, Michael, I could, I could tell you noticed that too, but based yeah, on for the sure. way you were. <laughs> yeah. I saw the videos. I'm like, man, this guy's right hand is solid. <laughs> Thanks man. Yeah. I don't know. I, and, and I came from like a banjo, like I said, I played banjo when I was a kid. So a lot of that kind of rolling cross picking, alternate picking yeah, stuff. I was wondering just about kind that. Of, it's, you know, on the banjo, you use three picks and on the guitar, I'm using one, but it's mm. still kind of, I'm in, I think I'm in that mindset at least a little bit, um, you know. Yeah. That's one interesting thing. It's like, we actually talked about that, I think, with Pete, right? How in real time, even if you've had a, you know, you went to music school or even if you have a, a technical, you know, schooling of, of some type, it's like in real time it just kind of happens the way that you're going to do it. Yeah. And I think so. Kind of has a little spin on it, you know? Yeah. And I just think, you know, I don't know for me, it was just more about, I I don't know that I ever zeroed in thinking about technique, but just thinking about like, how can I play this the best, make it sound the best, make it feel the best, you know? I mean, I know that's working on technique, but not to the point of like, if I hold my pick at this angle or if I tilt my right hand like this, you know, it's just more kind of like trial and error. And yeah. 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 Okay. Smoothing it out over the years, you know? Well, the feel and the sound is everything, you know, and a, a lot of musicians, I think it takes time to develop that ear, you know, to, to understand like what, what is it that you actually are shooting for? What is it you're aiming for? You know, some people I think figure that out sooner than others. Yeah, well, I think the best players maybe never figure that out. Like, you know, the things that I hear in my head are, are millions of miles away from where I'm at, you know. Like, the things that I want to play the way I want it to sound is not ever in the realm of what it is, you know. It's like that constant, like, just reaching for something that's a little bit, um, you know, outside of your ability, I think is what makes good players so, you know. If that makes sense, um, it does. You know, yeah. a lot of my students who have like a very—I don't know—it might sound stupid, but a lot of my students who have a really clear goal about like I want to sound like this or this is what I want to sound like. I want to do this exactly. It's like they never sound that good, you know. But my students who are open-minded and say like I just want to be the best that I can be and I want to you know do it at the highest level possible. Like that's those are the best usually. Hmm. That's interesting. Do you have any insight? Why do you think it it plays out that way with the different mentalities? Uh, I don't know. I think it can be kind of like an ego thing. Like, you know, are you playing for the right reason? Like I had a student, I have this student who our lessons have kind of devolved into him asking me about, you know, we don't, we're not talking about playing anymore. We're talking about things that are more broad. Like how do you, 
like I don't know. I don't even know. Like our lessons go more similar to what we're doing right now than me really showing him anything on guitar. You know, we kind of just spitball on concepts and things. But like he was asking me how I figured out how to make money playing music. And I told him, I think the key is really not looking for money at all. Like if you're if you play to the music enough and you know, if you can be undeniably better than that some other guy in town, then you'll get a gig, you'll get money. You know, it's not I never went looking for a job necessarily playing music. I mean, like I like going audition for things is one thing, but I always put the music first, you know, and like if you put your energy and your focus into the playing, like in a focused way, the rest I think is is it's bound to come in some you know way or another. Yeah, that's interesting because I agree. Certainly, Ryan, I know you would put that out there. Huh? I just I agree 100 percent with with what he just said. I sorry to interrupt you there. No, I mean I'm basically doing my own version of that, agreeing because I, you know, even even for Ryan and me ourselves, like what what's our focus? What are we aiming for? And it, you know, if if your shift is, if your if your focus is to make money. Uh, you know, choosing a career in music maybe is not the the top option. You know, engineering seems to be stable, uh, a better way to make money if, in terms of that's your main goal, right? Uh, right. If like, you want to make money, don't play don't play guitar. Holy right. Crap. Maybe no, yeah. Don't pick up the banjo. Go you know go pick up a computer. Yeah, at your local. Go get a business store. degree. Become a CEO somewhere. There you, <laughs> there you go. But like, it's like, why are you doing it? What what is your aim? Because if your aim is to be the best player that you can, or, you know, your aim is to make the best music you can, or to do, do it because you love doing it and you can't not do it. Well, that's, and that's different... the thing. The, the money, this is what I think people get confused that maybe this is a golden nugget. I'm going to drop here. We'll see. Um, I think that put this into words in the right way. I think that the music is my responsibility and the money is yours. The guy who's watching me and listening to me. Right. Like, not like you have to give me money, but the, the yeah, getting money is not my problem. Pay like the part is if you treat the shows like you're giving the people something, you play the music like you're giving the people something, they will return that favor almost a hundred percent of the time, Yeah, I you know, financially. That. Yeah. And when you play those yeah. shows and, you know, when we get together and play these shows, if we treat the music in the moment and the, you know, being there, like we're providing something for them, for their spirit and for their, you know, well-being, then, then the finance side of it, the money, the dollars and cents, they, they'll return that to you tenfold, almost always. Um, you know, you get too focused on the money, though, then the music might suffer. You know, if you it's a it's a delicate thing, you know, but. Yeah. For me, it's always been a matter of like, if I can, if I can make the music honest enough and, and put the right kind of effort into it, then the money will work out or it won't. And the next time maybe it will, you know, I don't, I'm not concerned with that. Well, in a broader and easy sense, for me to say, probably some people in the comments of this will be like that he's privileged because he has a good gig. Like, and that maybe that's true, but um, I had just as much fun playing music when I made like 50 bucks than I, you know, as I do now. I think in a broader I sense, think, it's any creative okay. endeavor, this this same principle applies. If you're doing it, sure. if you're doing this creative thing, whether or not it's art or writing a book or making a podcast or whatever it is, you know, for just to make a lot of money, your art will suffer. You know, it, it doesn't it affects the art. But if you're if your goal yeah. is to make great art, then that you'll get compensated. Funny. Right? Well, that's the thing, man. And like, I don't. Like, okay, if you try to draw something that, if you try to draw something with the purpose of selling it, what would you draw? I don't know. Uh, pretty lady. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I would Yeah, draw. exactly. Right? It's like the, a it might not fruit. be something like, you necessarily want to draw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And that's the point. That's, that's my exact point. Like, if I, you know, we just play the music the way it is. If people want to spend money or buy the record, that's great. If not, that's okay too. But if I was just making music that sounded, that was, you know, that was my best approximation of what somebody wants to pay money for, I would probably throw the guitar and the banjo in the fire. Yeah. Actually reminds me of something that the late, great Stan Lee said about like writing stories and how, um, 
you know, I don't know how to make stories the, like that other people want to hear. I wanted to make stories that I wanted to hear, you know, and that's sure. kind of how he approached it. It's the same thing. It's like making the music that you want to hear brings brings the rest. Well, and the flip side is the music that you want to make is the music people want to hear and pay money for, you know? Yeah. If you're, if you're lucky, <laughs> you know, it's interesting, Michael, you brought up, uh, Stan Lee and what he wanted to do there. It was counter culture at the time right. to write those type of stories. So he was taking a risk doing what he actually wanted to do. Yeah. He, you know, his job was on the line. Right. And you know, this conversation, shout out to Suzanne. Like I think of the the art for the yeah. sake of the art and nothing more, right? Being a really pure channel, and it's like I just want to do this and make this piece of art the best it possibly can be, and and make it. What well, it yeah, is. and the whole. Th go ahead. No, go ahead. Go, oh, ahead, go I'm ahead. Done. I'm done. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just saying the whole thing. Like you said, like it's counterculture, and that is that. Yeah, the whole idea of giving anything is counterculture right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's why some of the music we're making right now is refreshing to people because it's not like a look at me show. It's like let's get together and have this moment, you know, together and see what happens. And, and it's not about, you know, it, everything is so focused. Like, and, and maybe that's just the way popular music is, and the image of musicians is kind of formed at like, you know, rock stars with all these like groupy chicks and rappers with like huge chains, and it's all about like being flashy and look at me, but. You know, I, I don't know. I haven't been a huge jam band guy or whatever, but I think that's the success of jam bands. You know, they they have this thing about an experience and about sharing music with people as opposed to like people paying to see them. It's a real connection, you know, because Jerry Garcia or whatever, who like he's like the jam band hero, right? He's grateful that yeah. <laughs> I know I. Um, I'm, I'm getting all this jam band stuff for my students. Apparently, there's a huge overlap in bluegrass and jam bands, but. You know, he's not a he's not somebody you would pay to look at. You know what I'm saying? He's not like I mean, no, I'm serious. Not model esque type of guy. That's true, though. You know, uh, but the thing that those guys offered was an experience, and was the music. You go for the music. You don't go to look or or whoever. Like, dude, nobody is going to a bluegrass show to look at the guys playing music. Like, holy moly. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Never even thought about it that way. No, and nobody is. And like, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm being like an old man. Like, you you, <laughs> you just it's all about looks nowadays. Blah blah blah. You know, but like, that's cool though. When you think about it, that there could be a community where it's literally all about the music yeah. and nothing more. Man, that's just it's cool. Well, that's what the the jam band guys have figured out. Like, I don't necessarily want to hear anybody play a song for twenty five minutes. But it's, you know, that's it's an experience. They're sharing just the music with you. That's it. Like Jerry Garcia is not stage diving, right? Uh, these jazz musicians are not like trashing hotel rooms and like doing a light show. You know what I mean? It's just the music. It's just music. Takes all kinds. Yeah. Well, I love that there's such a broad variety of music available. We really are kind of spoiled in this culture because we have access to like so many different things that that I mean with the internet we can hear if we want to listen to jazz and only jazz or bluegrass and only bluegrass it's there for us and there's a lot of sure. it and a lot more people are making all these different styles no doubt man no doubt yeah it's just one of those uh it, certain genres uh this has come up because we've had people that were in the the metal world for example and yeah. theatricality and an aesthetic and the stage costume and and what have you is just a bigger part of yeah that it's genre. like a part of the art it's just part of that genre yeah yeah it's which like is okay it's i mean i love that there i love that there are people who are doing that and i love i mean honestly and maybe it's just a band nerd in me because i did grow up like playing instruments and in the middle school, high school band, but it's like, I just love that there are people who are instrumentalists. They're just literally, it's all about playing the instruments and it's about making that sound. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And it's rare. And like, you know, we, we do some fun stuff like we, you know, but we don't, we try to not get too wrapped up in, 
you know, it's tough. Like it's a tough balance because all we want to do is sit in a room and pick, you know? And so, you know, there's all this other stuff. Like you have to be at least a little bit cool. Or you have to be nice to meet or hang out with or The social media has oh, to course. be good. And like, yeah, these are things we're working on and, and we're doing, but, um, you know, me and the guys aren't having any more fun necessary. Well, I don't know if I want to say that, but we, we have a great time picking in an empty room at a hotel as we like the shows are different, but it's, you know, the music is the, what brings me the most joy, you know, like bringing in John, the fiddle player, I'm going to make less money because of that, but I'm making that sacrifice because I think the music is going to go up a level. And that's, a, that's what, that's what I love is, is people like yourself that are, that are trying to put the best quality show, the best quality, just musically speaking, um yeah I, I was at a blues show a few weeks back and it's a similar type of vibe right you can tell they're there to make some awesome music and they, they want to play their guitars for you they want to play their instruments for you they want to sing for you you know and everyone's going to have a good time and it's like that's that's what it's all about right yeah and, and we get a little bit of both you know like we get the people who just want to go and listen to the full band and like they like bluegrass and they like the record that we did and all that but then you know we also thankfully now get to dip into the nerd crowd a little bit like guitar nerds like to come and hear me play and mandolin nerds like to come hear graham and you know so like <laughs> you know i'd almost rather play for the nerds man <laughs> we aren't the only yeah. ones that saw that right hand technique uh, yeah technique. for real yeah <laughs> like I, I would rather talk to some guy about like yeah like right hand technique than one like what kind of pick do you use you know or whatever so um, what kind of picks yeah. do you use? no i'm sorry I'm just... <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like crossing something off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well we were about to get to that i guess we'll skip that most important question <laughs> What's it like uh, being a blues musician? Okay. Yeah, no, I always I always tell my students the picks and the strings I use will make them better instantly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, everybody I tell them, yeah. One of those things where it's like uh, these are kind of like uh, more of a taste thing than uh, a rule, you know? Yeah, like dude, like I can still play the same tunes with like a quarter. <laughs> like I, I wouldn't enjoy it as much but that's not the not the point you know exactly um, yeah. does that happen a lot with um your students and and people you're trying to teach where it seems sometimes the focus or can be on maybe abstract things or they're putting too much into things that maybe don't matter yeah so many times i've opened up a zoom lesson I'm like, how you doing? Where are you from? They're like, what kind of guitar is that? You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. like I'll tell you, but it's not the, you know, it's not the point. And and the other thing with a lot, not my students I have now, but some students I've had in the past, or sometimes like a student's first lesson with me, I have to get up front and just say like, look, I don't, I don't have any secret, you know, like you paid me money. If you're expecting me to blow your mind instantly and make you better, it's not going to happen. Like I'm going to tell you pretty much the things you already know. Like get off TikTok and practice more. Like that's <laughs> what I'm gonna tell you. Well, you know, I just thought of something. It's one of those moments where it might be uh, more for me than anyone else. But it's like, was it the guitar? Was it the guitar that made the player, or the player that made the guitar? You know, it's like we think of a, you know, the iconic models of of any guitar. It's like, was it the guitar that that made the player, or the the way around? Yeah, I mean, there's certain things I like, and I can I can be a bit of a guitar nerd. I mean, I'm a I'm a vintage Martin kind of nut, but I don't, um, you know, I'm trying to think of a way to put it. Like, like I can still like I can drive to Walmart in that old green truck with no air conditioning and a busted windshield, but it's way more fun to drive like my new car. You know, my, but it, it's not, I can still drive the same. I can still drive the same speed, the same distance. Uh, I, but, you know, like I mean, there's that. something like, I like there's that. something to having a nice instrument. Like, obviously, I like my Martin, I'm a 51 D18. It's like my, you know, my pride and joy. Um, 
and I think buying a vintage Martin or, or buying a vintage instrument or, or expensive instrument can be something like, you know, kind of like buying your sound or buying, you know, something like that maybe, but I, it's not, you know, I take different guitars on the road. I still sound like me. Nope. That's what anybody did. That's what anybody I, I, I like that because it's still Jake behind the wheel regardless. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, like I don't get with a Like I don't pick up a different guitar and get a, a thinner pick and put the strap lower and put the, you know, like I'm still doing everything else the same. It's just, you know, it's, it's subtle differences, but. Well, the tones in your fingertips and in your consciousness, it's in here. Sure. Yeah. You know, it, sure. It's, it's all about how you are expressing yourself, not on which specific guitar that you're expressing yourself on. Totally. Yeah. Totally agree. And like, Again, you know, I'm not saying don't spend money on something nice that you like. Like, obviously, have a get a nice instrument, get a nice pick or whatever, get strings that you like. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to make you any better. Period. I don't think it's going to make you any better, really. You know, yeah, it's um, more of so, an enhancement. It's more of an enhancement. I think right. that it is, you know, it's like, what good is a Ferrari if I don't have a driver's license, if I don't know how to drive a fast car, right? Like yeah. learn to drive. That's the thing. You got to learn to drive. I think the same thing applies to, well, a lot of rock players fall into this trap about effects pedals and things like that. Yeah, it's yeah, like the that's effects a pedal does not make, you know, like, yeah. listen, George Harrison plugged into the amp. I mean, I'm sure he had some effects, but like Jimmy, Jimmy Hendrix, he has had a wah pedal, but it's not like he didn't have a, you know, it, sometimes we, sometimes yeah. you just, we overcomplicate things too. Well, it's, and what it is, is avoidance. If you know, you need to practice a pedal, will put a bandaid on your, your hurt soul. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know any distortion. Pedals. I don't know any that distortion can mask a lot of uh, technical flaws. You yeah. know? <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh my gosh. Heck yeah. I can make loud Heck noise. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know some guys like that. Put that distortion pedal on. That's a whole, whole new world, man. And that's okay too. I mean, it's okay to to experiment with that kind of stuff too. Don't get me wrong. It's just or, or rather like take it away. Yeah, <laughs> well, I've definitely yeah, fallen prey to this for sure. Like I know sure, about yeah. the pedal playing the sure. acoustic. You know the way you do yeah. most of the time is a very as a guitar player, it's a vulnerable that's, like it is or it hard. isn't type of thing. You know. Well, that's what was, I was talking to with a student about that today, and that's kind of an intimidating part of the acoustic guitar but also an exciting part like when i want to practice or i want to play all i have to do is put it in my hands and go i don't have to search for a cable i don't have to plug anything in i don't have to rig up some big ass pedal board with all this crap like it just <laughs> it just is what it is it's like a horn you know you pick up a horn you just you blow it it's good that's it um and for me that's been good you know i like that about it it's accessible to me i don't have to you know, if you play, if you play the drum set, you have a lot of excuses not to practice. Like it's heavy, it's in the box. I got to rig it up. I got to put, got to put the pedal on. I got to put oh, time symbol Yeah. Like I'll, if I can't reach over two feet and pick it up, I don't need to practice it. You know, it's right. It's, all I have to do is grab it and go. Right. That's true. And that might be why so many uh, guitar players end up writing songs on the acoustic as opposed to. Yeah, maybe. As a songwriting tool, it's invaluable because it's just it's there, it's raw, and it's it's like you said, it's accessible. So I can pick it up, and I want to have an acoustic. Have an acoustic. I will say this though, and it's come up. There is something about a man and his guitar up on stage, like yeah. the energy to that. Right. It's it's a different type of thing, and it's it's a it's well, an awesome thing. Yeah, man, it's something. It's one of those things, like you know, what you always like. I always talk about it like a cowboy in the West with like a gun. You know, it's like that's it. That's all he's got. That's all he needs. You know, you can pretty much accomplish everything with that. Part one, cowboy. Part two, gun. Yeah, and that's like I, that's how I feel with the guitar a little bit. I like make that analogy a little bit. But wherever I'm going, if like when I leave my house to go on tour, go to the studio or whatever, I have the guitar in one hand, have my car keys in this one. And I always say like, well, I've got this, everything else is extra, right? If I forget my suit, I got to wear, or I forget my toothbrush. Like that's whatever. That's all extra crap. The only thing I have to have is the guitar. And that's like, I love that. 
I believe uh, John, the great John Bon Jovi also. I think how did the lyric go, Ryan? It's a loaded six string on my back. Never oh, right. That. I'm a cowboy. Okay. Oh, yeah, Still yeah, 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 yeah. I ride. I want it. Sorry. <clears throat> it came in my head when you said that. And I was like, I have to I have to let that out or it's gonna, I'm going to die. I had to let that out. <laughs> yeah, but no, old, seriously. <laughs> dead or alive. I just love that you're song gonna keep, so much. You're going to keep going with it. Okay? Stop. I'm stopped now. That's, I'm done now. Well, there are, you know, we know a few Bon Jovi fans out there that if they happen to listen to this episode, will appreciate that. I'm reference. sure they will. It's probably the only Bon Jovi song I've ever heard. It's worth if you're gonna start somewhere with Bon Jovi, that's where you gotta start right there. That is album, Living yeah. on a Prayer? Is that is that Bon Jovi? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's you've, heard too. you've heard too. They're uh Slippery When Wet album. Both of those songs were on there and then some, and that's kind of if you're gonna start, why not start there? That's you know? the place I don't think if I know any more. That's that's gotta be the only ones I know. What about is the Barracuda one? Life. Oh no, Barracuda is uh That's hard. Yeah. That's who? Yeah. Heart. Heart. Well, I, I didn't even know that. So that's that's the only heart yeah. song I know. Um, Where that's in Ryan, more, more like Ryan's, you know, favorite genre of music, which is I like playing this. I like playing that game on the road. Sometimes we'll play this game. Not, you know, not formally, but like like sometimes when Graham will take the ox cord in the van or whatever, he'll play so many things that I've never even heard. You know, like it's commonplace, like fish is one of those things. He's into fish a little bit. Heard that's any of that interesting what was it uh just i mean it's kind of a dumb question but i mean as a guitar player sometimes you find yourself uh all over the map and other times it's more of a, this is where i am and i'm happy here and this is where yeah and it's a little and i'm cool always open-minded i love to hear it and he shows us cool stuff all the time but it's like i feel like an old man sometimes I'm kind of out of touch <laughs> Yeah, it happens, you know. I, once you ha- once you enjoy something, and you're just like, "This is my favorite type of music." It's really hard to want to branch out, especially to things that aren't going to draw you in anyway. Yeah, in and of themselves, right? Like, just right. go out of your way just because it's popular. I mean, it's hard. It's hard, right? There's like, I don't even have enough hard. time to listen to the, like the ten thousand bluegrass and old time tunes I want to learn. Like, I don't. Yeah. Right. Last thing I need is like Led Zeppelin. You know, or whatever. <laughs> and that's funny. It's funny because my girlfriend is super into that kind of like she loves Kiss. Her whole family's really into Kiss. Yeah. She yeah, like always goes to Kiss shows and stuff. And I, I know like a couple. Of, I'm trying. You know, I try to be cool. Like I know maybe two tunes. You know what a rock it's and like, roll all night. Okay, I know that one, and I know uh, Detroit Rock City. That's one I know because yeah. that was in it was in Paul Blart movie that I watched. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, it, it makes sense. I mean, why? And it, it's like you said about ten thousand bluegrass. That was a funny movie, about, by the way. That was, that yeah. was a good movie. Paul Blart's a good movie. <laughs> I actually saw that movie. It just you have so much now to be able to. You can build your own little musical echo chamber and like. And that's not a bad thing. Like it's it's wonderful that there's so much music available. Well, Michael, you the... you said this before. It's like drinking out of a fire hose. It's yeah, just, it's almost too so much <laughs> right now. Like yeah, that's yeah, good. One. I love it. Yeah. Man. That's so perfect. I, I mean, I listen to a ton of bluegrass and old time music, and I listen to a ton of jazz, and like that is plenty for me right now. You know. But I mean, I'm passive. I mean, I listen to other stuff like passively, like in the car. Like I'm, a, I'm an MF Doom fan. Um, I mean, I, there's other things out there. I'm not that familiar with them. Not either. Really? No. Um, we're the old we're out of touch. Now. Yeah, I know. We're out of touch. MF, yeah. MF Doom is a rapper. Okay. Oh, okay. That that has recently died, I think. Oh. Uh, but anyway, dude, look him up. He's the boss. Uh, okay. I mean, I listen to, I mean, you know, there's other things I like, but as far as putting in a lot of time of active listening and like soaking it up, you know, it's like just a few things for me. No, it makes well, sense. Makes sense. The more busy you are, you know, the less time you have to dedicate to just listening to music, you know, that's super understandable. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks oh, for being with us, oh, Jake. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Good time. Was there something else you were going to add on there? No, I was literally going to, I was literally going to do what you just did. Like it, this time oh, has okay. flown by. Yeah. Like, yeah, this was easy, man. Great yeah. conversation. 
do I is this do I need to plug things now? Is it what you want this to is plug a, things? Yeah. How do our how do our beautiful listeners find you? Find your music? Uh, Where should they be looking? At, yeah, at the Jake Eddie on Instagram. Uh, our Facebook page is just under Jake Eddie. Um, the website is. I think it's just jakeeddy.com. I don't, I don't really deal with the website. Um, but the Instagram is the thing that I'm in charge of. That's where you can actually get me uh, mostly at least. Um, and I can read off some dates we're going to do. When does this come out? Does this come out before we're on tour or after? Uh, question. At we this point, it's probably going to be after. Yeah, it's probably after. Okay. Well then I don't know when you'll see me people. Yeah, Instagram for future tour dates. You find yeah, them on social Instagram. media, and you know, I'm sure you put out your yeah. tour dates on there. So. Yeah, and the Instagram's got everything good. That's how I reach. You know, that's that seems to do the best for us. And then the the new record that I have out is, is self titled, so my name on all your streaming services. It'll be there too, and it's got me and my brother and Brian Sutton and Kenny Smith and all these guys. So uh, awesome. check that out. Um. Yeah, that's it. And if it's if uh, yeah, just just find us there, and, and we'll be we'll be glad to see you down the road somewhere. Awesome, Jake. Uh, do you happen to have any other words of wisdom you'd share with uh, you know aspiring musicians or our beautiful listeners? Anything else you want to want to let us? Man, words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Uh, Fifty dollar picks make you a lot better. <laughs> And and don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> I love it. Where's and don't by? forget to buy extra strings, man. Extra strings yes, the, needed. The expensive one. Double coated uh, um, and gaff tape. Oh, oh. gotta have the double. Yeah, make lists. Oh, folks. There's the list. There. Yeah. There's the list. <laughs> Ryan, what about you, right. buddy? You got any uh, any words of wisdom you'd care to share? Let's just be wild and free baby especially with making our music man it keeps coming up right let's absolutely just do what we love people absolutely um the only word that words of wisdom i can share is that uh, i listen to inside the sound we love you all and um bye